Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC, offering a broad range of cardiac and vascular treatments in our community. More information is available at upmc.com slash centralpaheart. Welcome to The Spark. I'm Scott Lamar. Former President Donald Trump has been the dominant figure in Republican politics over the last six years. Loyalty to Trump and his policies and campaigning on what Trump's beliefs were were a big part of the Make America Great Again movement. Trump may have lost the 2020 election, and the candidates he endorsed in 2022 may not have fared well for national offices. But the new battlegrounds may be on the local level. School boards, municipal offices like mayor or township supervisor, or even local Republican Party positions. The USA Today Network of Pennsylvania, which includes newspapers like the York Daily Record, Lebanon Daily News, and the Chambersburg Public Opinion, have investigated the America First MAGA Patriot Movement strategy to gain power from the ground up. We're joined today by two of the reporters who worked on this story, Bethany Rogers, government accountability reporter for the USA Today Network, and Chris Olery, USA Today Network of Pennsylvania's extremism and social justice reporter. I want to welcome both of you to the program today. Bethany, let me start with you. How did this investigation and stories come about? So after the um, recent midterm election, you may remember there was this wave statewide of um, hand recount petitions that um, individuals were filing, um, basically claiming without evidence in their court filings that there had been some sort of fraud or error in the election and in specific precincts demanding that there would be some kind of recount. So um, we were doing some reporting, Chris and I, about how that effort had come about. It was clearly coordinated. It was something that um, election officials really hadn't seen before, um, but it was happening in all of these scattered precincts. So there was clear there was something behind it. And we were trying to figure out um, you know, who had coordinated that. So um, we discovered that, um, you know, a, a variety of, you know, social media um, posts um, in Facebook groups that were more far right or associated with, uh, you know, election denial had been promoting this effort. Um, but something that we noticed um, during our reporting that kind of stood out to us was that in Berks County, um, the Republican Party itself had gotten behind this effort, which was unusual. In the other parts of the state, people had been filing just, you know, a as individuals. But in that county, it was very clear that the local GOP had, you know, sponsored and was coordinating and even took the step of aggregating and filing the petitions themselves. So it seemed, you know, very interesting and unique. And we wanted to dig deeper and figure out what was going on there. Um, one of the first things that I noticed just kind of in scanning their Facebook or their um, their website was that in their calendar of events, um, they advertise on a monthly basis Oath Keepers meetings. So we just started noticing some things that seemed a little bit out of the ordinary that was happening in Berks County, and, and we decided to explore what the dynamics were, what was going on there. For just those who don't know some context, Oath Keepers are... A, a far-right paramilitary group, and they their members are being prosecuted now in connection with the, the January 6th riots at the Capitol. Chris, I noticed that uh, Bethany mentioned the word precincts. 
That is not something that uh, regular people hear on uh, uh, a daily basis. I mean, the only time I hear about precincts and voting is when there are people counting votes or uh, it is election night and they're asking if uh, a certain precinct came in. Why is that? Uh, why is that something that is important in this story when you're talking about precincts? You hit, have to hit your mute, take your mute button off. I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? We can hear you now. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. I, so, with the the precincts, these are at your your very local level. You know, that's your polling place, basically, uh, and it's stood out to us that these challenges were not you know going to the high county level but rather just individual local uh polling places to try and challenge in some way election results and why that matters in the short term at least is that it seemed like it was a, a, a tactic to delay the certification of the election results in in some form or fashion uh kind of Harken back to uh, the uh, 2020 legal challenges that we saw from the the Trump campaign and the Republicans from there. So sort of a, a deja vu uh, feeling that uh, raised some red flags, especially for for me, uh, thinking, you know, we're, we're going to be going into the inauguration in January. What else could be planned for this? And, you know, we, we need to dig deeper into that. Well, your stories aren't a rehash of uh, groups that are are questioning or uh, demanding recounts of, of the election from uh, 2022 for the most part. What you're talking about are the efforts to for, for these ultra-conservative candidates that it sounds like it is a planned strategy that uh, they're working their way up from the bottom-up local level instead of Many times it will be from the top down, the national level, and that has occurred. But Bethany, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So um, we started looking into something called the the precinct strategy, which is um, a strategy that has been promoted. Um, it, it's been pushed for years by this attorney, this Republican attorney from Maricopa County, who is you know MAGA Republican. Um, and it's a way in his mind of transforming the Republican Party. A lot of people who are, you know, America first or, or far right or supporters of former President Trump feel that the Republican establishment doesn't really represent them and, and that, um, you know, many elected Republicans don't aren't doing what they want them to do. So this is a way of trying to overtake the Republican Party. But instead of doing it, um, you know, at the, starting from the top level positions, the, the top the pyramid, what they want to do is basically go in and um, get America first or, or MAGA Republicans to join the local Republican Party, you know, the, the county chapters. Um, and by doing that, by filling the committee positions, which, um, you know, there are a few committee positions assigned to each voting precinct. And, you know, this is a pretty obscure position. Many of them are vacant. A, a huge number of them are actually vacant on a national level. And so the idea is it's pretty easy to just kind of go in and get appointed or run uncontested and sort of snap up one of these positions. And then from there, you know, you can basically overtake a, a party on a county level and, and sort of start steering it in the direction you want to go. So this is something that he's been pushing for some time. More recently, it's been 
you know, pushed out and advertised by Steve Bannon and, and also endorsed by President Trump. And then in Pennsylvania, also by some far right or election denier groups mm-hmm. um, as a potential strategy. Chris, that is part of the story that you do covered, that attorney that uh, Bethany is referring to. Tell us about that. Uh, well, that uh, the attorney, I believe, that she's referring to the uh, Maricopa County. Attorney, right. Correct? Fattis. Right. Oh, oh, uh, Sam. Uh, Sam Fattis is actually he's the, the leader of the Unite PA group. OK, uh, I'm sorry. I got him mixed up. Yeah, that's I'll our, let you tell that's the story. Local guy. He's, he's actually sort of um, a de facto leader of this larger movement in Pennsylvania. It started back in uh, this past May. On May 11th, uh, the Unite PA group gathered uh, about 50 other uh, patriot groups um, and uh, to the uh, Capitol uh, in Harrisburg to sign a declaration demanding the repeal of mail-in voting, um, which you know, kind of fell on uh, deaf ears. Um, and that sort of refusal by the establishment Republicans to repeal mail-in voting has pushed uh, Unite PA to form a coalition of those groups that signed on to it. Uh, Sam Fattis, the, the leader, um, told Steve Bannon a few months back that the group was up to over 100 members now. Um, but this is sort of the the network of that local influence that we're probably going to see as school board races and municipal races start to, to heat up here uh, with the petitions being signed in February. And we actually see who's going to be running for the races there. But, yeah, they um, that Sam Pattis is a, a key figurehead in, in this um, and uh, another uh, there's another attorney that. Uh, might be uh, in, involved, but we're still getting to the, the bottom of that one. There was a Berks County Patriot meeting that uh, was edited to remove that particular attorney's uh, spot on their on their discussion about the precinct strategy. Chris, I want to get back to something you mentioned. I want to talk about the issues that these candidates are, are pushing, but one in particular seems to be the real bogeyman, and that is uh, mail-in balloting. Talk about that, if you will. Yeah, so, uh, of course, mail-in ballots have been a, a target of uh, unfounded uh, election fraud claims since 2020, of course. But for uh, Unite PA, uh, Sam, the leader of Sam Fattis, and for many in this uh, Pennsylvania Patriots coalition, the mail ballots are part of a larger uh, machine uh, that is co- controlled by big tech and legacy media and the Democrats to in, ensure that one party rule, as uh, uh, Fattis would, would put it there. So really, I think they have a singular focus of repealing Act 77 sometime in the next four years. Uh, but what's also interesting is that part of the strategy that we heard the Berks County Patriots uh, discuss back in November um, was to uh, endorse mail voting, uh, to encourage Republicans to vote by mail, uh, so that they could basically get a, a leg up. Um, I think uh, uh, Sam Brancadora, the head of the Berks County Patriots, said, um, uh, you know, we have to take a page out of the Democrats' playbook, do exactly what they did, except for the cheating, and then we can win. And then eventually we're going to get rid of mail voting. And this is, that is their, their singular point. Um, you will see some overlap, though, with uh, sort of the anti-pandemic uh, uh uh, mitigation uh, protesters that we saw throughout the past two years. Um, some of the groups that signed that uh, petition 
include things like, you know, medical freedom in their names, sort of that little tip of the hat to uh, anti-COVID uh, uh, mitigation efforts. Bethany and Chris just touched on this, but uh, the mail-in ballots, mail-in voting seems to be the most significant issue. Uh, but uh, what are some of the other issues that these candidates and uh, the, the supporters are running on or what their school boards want their local officials? What do they want to, to do about the, okay, the pandemic appears to be over. Don't know about mask mandates, critical race theory. What about that? Yeah, those are definitely um, some of the issues that that they would like to see highlighted and are and are running on. I'll say that um, you know in the reporting that we did in in Berks County, for example, um, the party uh, this last election cycle um, decided to try to primary one of their state representatives that they felt was not far right enough, not enough in alignment um, with their views, or at least um, not willing to fight for them stridently enough. And some of the some some of the things that they appreciated about the candidate that they endorsed um, was that he he had organized, you know, the um, the big protests and an anti-lockdown, um, encouraging people to defy the, the COVID measures. Um, he was, you know, the candidate that they liked was very much against um critical race theory in schools and very concerned about things like, um, you know, teaching children about sexuality or this idea that that the children are being indoctrinated, this fear that children are being indoctrinated in schools, transgender ideology, things like that, um, that, that they feel um, that they're afraid of, that they want their candidates to run very stridently and forcefully against. Now, something I want to point out, and your stories do point this out, is that these candidates are not just running against Democrats. They're running against, as one person you quoted saying, country club Republicans. What is a country club Republican? <laughs> well, exactly. So it was interesting. One of the experts that I talked to for this story pointed out that in a lot of ways, you know, the MAGA, these far right Republicans aren't that much different ideologically from, you know, a, a, on, on policy issues. There isn't that much of a distinction between a lot of the conservatives on the right. What really sets this faction apart is to what length are they willing to go to pursue their goals? And so I spoke to a former member of the Berks County GOP who had left, um, you know, in protest to, um, to Trump winning the primary. Um, and he was... He would consider himself every bit as conservative on policy as current members of the Berks County GOP. But what frustrated him was the rhetoric, the conspiracy theories, um, the demonizing of the opposition, um, you know, things like claiming election fraud and, and attacking, you know, democratic institutions. So those are the things that really made him feel alienated from the party that he was once associated with. Former President Trump often uses the term rhino to describe a Republican uh, that uh, he disagrees with him or hasn't been loyal, a Republican in name only. And I noticed in your writing, your reporting, that that's how they refer to uh, the, the country club Republicans, as the one gentleman said. Yeah, exactly. And and again, it's it's interesting because in a lot of ways, the policy views are are very much aligned. The difference is just 
you know, a willingness to um, concede an election, a willingness to admit defeat, a willingness to work with another side to try to reach, you know, a, a common resolution to negotiate, to compromise. Those are the things that, you know, often land people in the rhino category. Are these people interested in government, in governing? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and uh, well, let me answer that, I guess, in a different way. One of the things that um, could present a problem for them and that, you know, may have influenced the midterms, um, you know, one of the political scientists I spoke with, is that this um, real disinterest in compromise can be very different, difficult even for a party that wants to win elections um, because you're pushing away a lot of the swing voters. Sure, you're going to be energizing your base um, or the people who are really committed to these MAGA America First principles, but is it a winning strategy? And um, are political parties um, potentially you know, committing to ideological purism at the expense of, you know, even winning the seats that they want to win. Mm. Chris, what you described a few minutes ago sounded very much like a conspiracy. In fact, uh, you're right that uh, uh, many of these candidates, many of these people believe there is a national conspiracy of Democrats to uh, find a way to win elections. But some of the language that uh, they've used I mean, it's kind of harsh. I mean, there was one guy who was uh, quoted as saying that uh, the media is Marxist, uh, Biden is a dementia patient, uh, and, uh, I mean, again, this is not the kind of thing that we were used to hearing before 2016. Yeah, I... Uh, some of the, uh, the the rhetoric that gets thrown around. I The, the thing to, to keep in mind with um with this movement and sort of any movement that goes to an extreme is that you know they they don't they don't have to be right they just have to be loud <laughs> uh that's what kind of drives it. it it is the the base is emotional and it is populist and as long as you can get them to agree with you you've got their vote but that's not going to win over the you know the the larger voting public i would hope uh but uh yeah it, it's it's a weaponized rhetoric uh, that uh, they just they're they're hanging on to because I, I think they know it's effective for for their base. Okay, so I'll ask a similar question to you that I asked Bethany a few minutes ago. Ultimately, if these candidates are successful, that means they're in office. What's a school board meeting like? What's a township supervisor meeting like, or a city council meeting like? If uh, these candidates are successful. Well, it's going to be pretty divisive. Actually, we can we already have something similar to this out in uh, Bucks County with Central Bucks School District. Uh, some uh, there were uh, in 2021 uh, a slate of uh, Republican candidates uh, running to, uh, you know, get rid of masks in schools, uh, never close schools again, get rid of critical race theory, uh, these kinds of things. Uh, three of those that slate managed to, to get in. So now there's a 6-3 board uh, majority there. And we've seen some controversial uh, library policies, which some say are opening the way for a, a book ban. Uh, we've They just passed a policy that will uh, effectively ban pride flags uh, in school classrooms and any other sort of uh, political messaging and a, 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 an attempt for neutrality in discussions. Uh, at the at the township level, um, 
you know, you'll probably see budgets get held up, I'm sure. Uh, and actually, we do have uh, another candidate there that's disrupted uh, or a township uh, supervisor in Doylestown uh, that has caused a stir over sending out a, a letter that sort of repeated some uh, a white nationalist conspiracy theory about the Great Replacement uh, back in, uh, I guess it was last October. Uh, there have been numerous calls for for her resignation over the months, and it's it's held up it's it's held up the dynamic of that board there. So I, it it probably won't be good. <laughs> it won't be productive. Hmm. We only have about thirty seconds or so left, and uh, I, one of you know we just touched on the surface of your of your stories, Bethany. Where can uh, uh, if our listeners are more interested or want to find out more, where can they read your stories? They can um, read them on any of the Gannett websites in the USA Today Network um, in uh, in Pennsylvania. Um, the local one here would be YDR.com. I want to thank both our guests for being with us today. Bethany Rogers is the government accountability reporter. Chris Olery is uh, the extremism and social justice reporter, both for uh, USA Today Network of Pennsylvania. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thanks so much. Thank you. You're listening to The Spark on WITF, your home for NPR and discovering all things local. I'm Scott Lamar.